0: Thank you for being here, church. Uh, if you're a visitor tonight, we give you a very warm welcome. If you're listening online, thank you for tuning in. You know, as I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was for, for preparing for tonight, 30 years ago, I was invited to this church. Just like some of you visitors tonight, you've been invited tonight to hear what the speaker has to say. And I was like you. I was sitting in this congregation. Now we're not in this church. We're down in the old church in Betheshaan. Just as you come into the estate. But I came that night not knowing what was going to happen in my life. I didn't realize that I was going to meet my Savior that night. Who was going to transform and change my life forever. And 30 years on I can stand tonight and testify. The goodness. And the grace and the salvation of our God. So if you're a visitor here tonight, hold on to your seat. (laughs) Because you don't know, mate, what happened in your life tonight. It's going to rock you to your very foundation. God, the Holy Spirit, moves in this place. And I believe He will, because where the twos and threes are gathered there, in my name, there will I be. So God is here. He's one of our number. And we should be so excited, church, that we have the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. is the good news. And we have something to tell you tonight. I'm going to pray before we start. And I just want to, before I pray, I just want to plug next week. Because it's our baptismal service. Everyone's in, uh, a welcome. It's going to be a fantastic night. We have a lot of people who's going to come and they're going to get baptized. They're going to stand. And it's a public confession of their faith. And they give a wee word of testimony about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. So you don't want to miss that. It's always a fantastic night. And come early because the church will be bunged. But I want to pray tonight. I've been asked to pray for a, a lady, uh, Louise, and who's not well and who's seen a few doctors and she's going through a few tests and they're not sure what's wrong. So I've been asked to pray. I'm going to pray obviously for tonight's service. So could we just bow our heads? And close our eyes in a word of prayer. Father God we thank you for tonight. We thank you Lord that we're in this place. Gathered in your name. That you are one of our number. What an opportunity Lord. What a privilege to preach the gospel. Father God we just thank you. That you are here. Lord that you would have your way in this place. That you would extend your kingdom Lord. In this place tonight. That even one. Lord even one. Lord would see their need for a saviour oh Lord just break through in a supernatural way only that you can do Lord Lord we think of the sick and we think of this uh, Lady Louise Lord we bring her before you Lord that you would meet her need you are the great physician Lord I just pray Lord that you would guide the surgeons Lord uh, the consultants and the doctors and whatever Lord and Lord that they would pinpoint what's wrong with her and the Lord through medicine or through miracle Lord that you would heal her so, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you, for the remarks that I'm about to speak, oh, Holy Spirit, that you would speak for me and you would speak through me. Oh, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that your anointing would be upon this, for I ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. The briefing Pastor Matt gave me tonight was: I, would, would I speak on a life verse or a portion of Scripture? That describes my life or my walk with God. And I think the portion of scriptures. Because there's more than one. That I want to share with you tonight. And it does exactly that. I read this. A life verse. Or verses from the Bible. Is scripture that speaks to you. In a very special way. It seems as if. They were put there in God's word. Just for you. And I know if I went round uh, the sanctuary tonight, um, everybody or a lot of people would have different life verses. Life verses that would, that would bless us, that would encourage us, inspire us, build us up, strengthen us, refreshes us, enlightens us and so on and so on. Verses like Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future Isaiah 40 verse 31 but they that wait upon the lord will renew their strength they shall mount up like wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint. And I'm sure you have a lot more personal ones that you cling on to, that they are a promise that God has given you when you are in the fall or even in the mountain that you cling on to and you, and you say it over and over again because it does strengthen you and it refreshes you, enriches you. Psalm 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Joshua 1 verse 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. As I said these are verses, life verses that bless us and encourage us and, and helps us to, to move on. Not to be stuck where we are but helps us to move on in the strength and, and, and the provision that God gives us. So tonight it's not basically a verse but verses as I said I want to speak on tonight. And it's specifically the letter that Paul wrote to the church of Colossae. Because when I read the book of Col- uh, Colossians and studied it it reminded me of the course That every believer is on. The course that I'm on. The path, the journey. That every believer is on. And that's what I want to share. And that's the title of the night. The course of every believer. That we've been on uh, uh, through life. By putting our trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This can be your journey. This can be your course. By putting your trust in Jesus. Colossians. A few verses that I, I have. I'm sorry I don't have a PowerPoint tonight. But me and the PowerPoint wouldn't work. I'd be way ahead of it. Or it would be behind me. I would confuse it and it would confuse me. So sometimes when I go off and want to, I forget to press the buttons. So I'm going to read it. And if you have your Bibles, you can follow it. Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of the kingdom of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I know I must say this at the start. I know there's a clock, a countdown. Somebody just do that to me as well. Because sometimes I don't see that and I go on a bit. But listen, I'll have you out for your supper. For he has rescued us from the dominion or the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. John puts it this way in 1 John 1, 6 and 8. If we say we have fellowship with God while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ Christ, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So, what does it mean to walk in, or to live in the kingdom of darkness? Have I just read there in the first chapter, verse 13? Well, John explains it in verses 68. There, there be what we call parallel verses, meaning that they, they say the same thing. Saying we have no sin. And walking in darkness are the same things because they both have the same uh, resulting effects. These are called deceitfulness in First Eight, parallel with lying in First Six, and then and then called uh, uh, lacking truth in First Eight, parallel with not practicing the truth in First Six Six. So we can come to this conclusion about what it means about walking in darkness or living in the kingdom of darkness walking in darkness is living an non life saying that we have no sin it's living in sin and being unconcerned that you are offending a holy God that's what it means by walking in darkness and that's where I was in my life I was living in the kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan we were walking in darkness blinded and living for self if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight. And you're listening online. Can I just say what the Bible says. You're still walking in darkness. Tonight I have have five points. Now I just wanted to impress the pastors. So they all begin we are. Alright. And that's just to impress the pastors. I can't spell but I ought to find them out. But anyway. They all begin we are. First one. Our lives were in ruins. Our lives were being run. And ruled. By Satan. 2 Timothy 2.26 says. That we were caught. In the snare. Of the devil. Ephesians 2.2 describes that we were. In bondage. Or we were slaves to Satan. Ephesians 2.1. You were dead in your trespasses. And sins. Church. We were walking in darkness. Our lives were in ruins. And that's where I was once. But let us read, but not anymore, and let us read Colossians 1 and 13 again. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves. I've just described what darkness is. I've just described what walking in darkness is. And then he says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. So this is my second hour. And now we have been rescued. I have been rescued. Those who love and serve the Lord. And here tonight have been rescued. What does that mean? Well Galatians 1 and verse 4 says this. Jesus gave his life for our sins. Just as God our father planned. Wow. And it carries on. In order. And this is why God sent his son. In order. To rescue us from the evil world in which we live. Thank you Lord for sending your son. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as the father had planned. In order to rescue you and to rescue me from this evil world in which we live. And John 8 verse 36 says, Jesus makes a, And Jesus makes a wonderful statement here of victory. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. We have been rescued, church, no longer as our as our lives in ruins. Because God and His great plan and His mercy sent His Son to rescue us. That was God's plan from the very start. To rescue you, not to let you stay in darkness, to wander in darkness with your eyes blinded. But He came. By the help of the Holy Spirit, He opened my eyes. I'm no longer in ruins, but I have been rescued, church. Hallelujah. The plan of the Father. Oh, hallelujah. So, what has Christ, the Son of God, freed us from? What has He rescued us from? The bondage of sin, your captivity. For something or someone to be liberated or set free, it must first have to be bound or imprisoned. So that if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Let me read this again: the bondage of sin, your captivity. For something or someone to be liberated or to be set free, it must first to be bound or imprisoned. The very definition of a captive is one who is confined. That's exactly what we were. And that was our condition. You and I were prisoners held under the bondage of sin. We were held captive by the impulses of sin. You and I were slaves to the instincts of sin. We had no power to overcome the influence of sin. You see, sin was our ruler. And it held us captive. We need it rescued. Let me read Galatians 1 and 4 again. Jesus gave his life for our sins. Just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. You see when we read the scriptures. It says for all have sinned. Preacher included. And that sin captivated us, it held us in bondage. You and I were prisoners held under the bondage of sin. You and I were held captive by the impulses of sin. You and I were slaves to the instincts of sin. We we had no power to overcome the influence of sin. You see, sin was our ruler and it held us captive, and we needed rescued. And we have been rescued. By the great plan of God the Father through his Son. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name Lord. Does that church not do something within you? That God's plan. God the Father's plan was to rescue you. He seen you in your darkness. He he seen that your life was in ruins. And he sent his Son to rescue you. Through him. Acts 13.39 says. Everyone who believes is set free. Everyone. No one's excluded. Through him, everyone who believes is set free. So if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. So through Him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. That's plain as I've wrote it down in this paper. It's not hard to understand. 1 John 1 and 9 and we know that first don't we if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Romans 10 9 that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved. So our lives were in ruins and we've been rescued And let me read again Colossians 13 and 14 for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and we know what that is now and he's brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves and then in verse 14 in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. This is my third hour. Our lives were in ruins we've been rescued and now because of the grace of God we've been redeemed. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says in him which is Christ Jesus. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Paul also says in Romans 3 verse 24 and 25. All are justified freely by his grace. Through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Verse 25 God presented Christ. We heard in the previous verses. That was, God's, uh, that was God's plan. To send Jesus. And then we see here in this verse. God presented his son. As a sacrifice. Of atonement through the shedding of his blood. To be received. By faith. Hallelujah. You see the previous verse of, of the m two verses is verse 23. It describes the universal human tragedy. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned. So that means nobody is excluded as I said. For all have sinned. And because of that sin we have fallen short of being able to participate in the glories of God. And in layman's terms, in direct terms, this means nobody deserves heaven. We all have have earned separation from God as a result of our own actions. So the result of your actions, the result of my actions, separated us from God. You see, verse 24 describes the universal opportunity for every person. So, in spite of our sin, God has made it possible for us to be justified. That just means declared righteous and sinless by His grace. You see, His grace, which means the unmerited favor of God, something that we didn't deserve. And 2 Timothy 1 and 9 shed some valuable light on grace. And this is what it says He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose. And grace. You see this grace was given to us. In Christ. Jesus before the beginning of time. See, so you see God's grace is the foundation. Upon which the gospel message is built. Through the redemption. That came. By Jesus Christ. The deliverance of sin. By being saved from sin. By Jesus Paying. The price that 's what redemption means first John three sixteen this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for you and for me now i don 't know if you 've ever never Ever heard that before? But that's God's love towards you. And me. That he laid down his life. Because he's seen our, our lives were in ruins. And that we needed it rescued. And all have sinned. So we're not uh, excluding anybody in this place. Or anybody online tonight. Everybody's included. That God's love is for you and for me. To rescue you. And to redeem you. We have been. Redeemed. The Amplified Bible of First John 3.16. Says this. By this we know. And have came to understand. The depth and essence. Of his precious love. That he willingly. Laid down his life for us. And we read. 20, verse 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice wow of atonement and you know atonement is just a reference to the sacrifice that Jesus made in order to reconcile sinners to a holy God so that brings us back to the, the, our, our reading at the, at the start of the service in Colossians which is the course of every believer our lives were in ruins we are now rescued We have been redeemed. And let me read verse 22 of of, of the first chapter of Colossians. But now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Wow. But now he has reconciled you to himself. So this is my fourth hour. We have been reconciled. Let me read that again. But now he has reconciled you to himself. Through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless. As you stand before him without a single fault. Wow. All them wrongs, them sins in my life, the sleep has been wiped clean. Not because I've earned it or deserved it, but with what we've already read, because of his grace and because of his mercy, we have been washed in his blood. So what does this mean? We have been ragged inside. Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 18 says, all this is from God, Who through Christ, you see everything that I'm reading, it's in Christ or through Christ. It's not in this church or through this church or through the speaker. It's in Christ or through Christ. And that's plain and simple for all of us to see. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That relationship that man once had with God. And because of sin that relationship was broken. Sin had separated us from him. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says this. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. So that he does not hear. Romans 5 verse 10 says sin made us his enemies. You see we are an enemy of God. And we know that well known first. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we read about the love of God. And maybe in another night I can speak on the wrath of God. Because a holy God has to punish sin. But you have an opportunity tonight to get right with God and have that sin dealt with. And you don't have to experience the wrath of God. You can experience the love of God. Oh hallelujah. But on the cross Jesus took our sin upon himself. Satisfying God's justice. Jesus' death made it possible to us. To have peace with God. As 2 Corinthians 19 says. God was reconciling the world. To himself. In Christ. Not counting the people's sins against them. And as I read 2 Corinthians 5.18. It also says he gave us. That's the church. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see God Church has given every believer the ministry of reconciliation that is he uses us to tell the world that they can be reconciled to God through Christ in this way we become Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us you see the message we are to share with the world is this be reconciled to God that's the ministry of reconciliation to tell the world be reconciled to God We are to tell people of the wonderful opportunity they have to be made right, to be reconciled, to be made right with God through Jesus. You see, as I read uh, chapter 5, verse 20, it says we implore you. And we look into that word, it actually means we plead with you. This is what Paul's writing, we, we implore you, we plead with you, we beg you, we appeal to you, we encourage you to be reconciled to God. Now, I, would, I want to beg tonight, now that sounds that hard, isn't it, strange, maybe, but I want to appeal to you, that's what that word means. I want to plead with you, I want to implore you tonight to be reconciled to God. To have your sins forgiven and be made right before Him, to be rescued from your life of ruins, because that's as I said at the very start—that's what we're like. That's what I was like without Christ. Encourage you to be reconciled to God. First twenty-one says, "God made Him who had no sin." To be sin for us. So that in him. And again we're talking about Christ. We may become the righteousness. Of God. So how do we be made right with God? Well Romans 10 verse 9 says. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved church is as simple as that being right with God is a matter of your response to what God has done on your behalf I can't put it any simpler than that, let me read that again being right with God is a matter of your response to what God has done on your behalf, so you have to respond to to what I say tonight, either yea or nay either Stephen you're talking a load of nonsense or I think he's talking a bit of sense tonight for a change (laughs) Patricia says that's that's not (laughs) too often but anyway blessed be your name If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Being right with God is a matter of your response to what God has done on your behalf. And we know John 3, 16, don't off the heart? You maybe know it from your Sunday school days or your school assembly days. For God so loved the world that he gave His. One and only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And Acts 2 verse 21 says everyone. So there you are. You're included. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. Because the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's another description of our lives without Christ. We were lost. We were blinded. We were on a road to a lost eternity. He came to seek and to save the lost. Romans 3 verse 22. In the NLT version says this. We are made right with God. By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. No matter who you are. I don't care about your background or where you came from or what you are or who you are. I'm a nobody. See it by the grace of God. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Church, I can't say it any simpler than that. The scriptures can't say it any simpler than that. No matter who you are. Our lives were in ruins. Oh dear. I've just two minutes our lives were in ruins we were rescued we were redeemed reconciled and my last one is and we will receive a reward hallelujah and again in Colossians in that letter see when I re- wrote, uh, read the letter to, to the church in Colossae it just mapped out my life it really did the course of every believer but in Colossians 3 verse 24 says this you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward wow you know having faith in Jesus Christ is wonderful and it helps us day by day, knowing other sins are forgiven, knowing when you read the scriptures and the promises of God that he will never leave us nor forsakes us. He will strengthen us, he will uphold us. He will walk with us and talk with us and underneath us and round about us are the everlasting arms and we can go on and on and, and quote the promises that we have with God walking through this scene of time. We're pilgrims passing through. But there's going to be a day. There's gonna be a day where I'm gonna be with the Lord. And it's an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Hebrews 9:15 says this, therefore, he is, and we're talking about Christ again, the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Our inheritance or our reward. In a word is heaven. The one day we're going to spend all eternity with our Savior in heaven. You see, the sum total of all that God has promised us in salvation is heaven. Is heaven. And that's the hope that the believer has. You know, when I draw my last breath on earth. I believe with all my heart it's going to be my first breath in heaven because absent from the body and present with the Lord and there I will be with my saviour you know I was dancing down there to the worship songs but boy I'll be doing some dancing in heaven because it'll be continuous and be in the presence of God I can't wait well Tricia, I can't wait I know just for an hour we wait but something to look forward to 'Cause I, I I'll experience even more the love of God, not the wrath of God, because I've I've dealt with my sin at the cross. First Peter I'm uh, nearly finished. I should have finished ages ago, shouldn't have. <laughs> Sorry, we're nearly there. You'll be home for supper. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 and 4 says Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his grace mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade kept in heaven for you. This is our reward church. Our inheritance in Christ is imperishable it's unspoiled it's unfading and is reserved there's a place for me and we know we can quote John 14 let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house there are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you Stevie Francis got his name down in the Lamb's book of life so there's a place for me and I pray that you put your name down in the Lamb's book of life how? by putting your trust in Christ there'll be a place for you So one day we will take possession of our portion, our our heritage, our inheritance. And when we understand and value the glory that awaits us, we are better able to endure whatever comes our way in this life. We can give God praise even during trials because we have this guarantee that we will receive all that he has promised and that helps us through, doesn't it, Church? That God is there, that we will receive our reward, whatever comes our way through life. For our light and monetary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outwe- outweighs them all. Revelation 21, verse 4, gives us a brief but beautiful description of our inheritance, of our reward. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away and God and man will dwell together. Church, I'm going to finish. If we could just close our eyes and bow our heads and go on and fight the worship team up. But that's my five hours tonight. Church. Visitor. Those watching online. Without Christ and in our sin. The Bible describes that our lives are in ruins. But Jesus came to the cross. Came to this earth to die on the cross. To carry out the will of the Father to rescue us to redeem us to reconcile us to God the Father and the only way we can be made right is putting our, putting our trust in Christ and I read out some, some simple verses of scripture And it's, it's not too hard to understand, it's plain and it's simple there's no big fancy words put in there because I would know them anyway but by putting our trust in Christ we will will get our reward God wants a relationship with you tonight He wants to draw you to Himself and after this service tonight we have a a room just out in the foyer to the left we call it the overflow room in there there will be people praying for you if you would like prayer if you want to know a wee bit more what I have spoken on tonight or if you want prayer for sickness or something's troubling you or something's on your heart or on your mind and you would like prayer please a feel of that room but we would just come now as we sing our last song and I just want to pray and I want to pray for you just like me 30 years ago I sat in this congregation I was invited to church and I thought I'll just go to keep him quiet but then I listened to what was spoken I I heard there was a God and not, not only was there a God but that God loved me that he had a plan and a purpose for my life so I took God at his word that night and I thanked the Lord I did you see God the Holy Spirit just convicted me of my sin and made me see my need for a saviour that I did need my sin forgiven that my sin was a barrier that God the Father wanted a relationship with me so much that he sent his son that if I put my trust in Christ that barrier would be done away with so I'm just going to ask I just give out what we call it an appeal, this won't save you by putting your hand up and down again but it indicates to me that I can talk to you after church and share with you some more about the love of God about salvation about his love for you about his grace and his mercy so as every eye is closed and every head is bowed, is there one tonight they would want to know Christ as their Lord and Saviour Did you've realised the night, yeah well that's me my life is in ruins because I don't know God I'm in my sin and I want to deal with it tonight through Christ if, that's, if there's anyone in here tonight and that's you, just quickly slip up your hand put it down again and we can pray with you after church but this is an opportunity for you don't leave this place because I can guarantee it after 30 years see what God says is true and there's many testimonies in this place tonight that would back that up so if there's one I'm not going to prolong this and then we're going to pray and then we're going to sing our last chorus is there one thank you Lord blessed be your name Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the scriptures that enlighten us about your love, about your grace, about your mercy. The Lord, how you have rescued us through your son, redeemed us, reconciled us, and give us a reward through Christ. So Lord, we leave the eternal matters in your hands. We pray, Lord, as the speaker, stops speaking the Holy Spirit that you would speak on someone or someone's with a feel of prayer tonight. Lord, that they would seek you. Lord, not only would they seek you, they would find you. These things we ask in the Savior's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.